500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to X-Band The Phantom Podcast. This is episode 94, um, a special on Toloman Ashiri, the Bengali um, Phantom fan film that has been out and available uh, for a couple of months now on YouTube and on Facebook video, um, and we're going to focus on that today. Very excited for this one um, because of the way we're going to do it, and I'll explain a little bit about that in a moment. My name's Dan Fraser, and tonight I am joined by Stephen East and Jermaine Parker. How are you boys, Stephen? I'm good, Dan, and yourself? Yeah, good, good, mate, good. Keeping well, sitting in the car, I assume. Yeah, I've got a nice little, nice little cosy spot. So um, you going at the moment? So you're, uh, so you're basically gone to the drive-in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so does the wife? Does the wife complain that you like, you mess up with her settings and you know and, and oh, stuff? Oh, there's so much stuff in the car. I've got to move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's jumpers and lunch boxes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the good thing about doing the drive-in, at least, and with having kids, at least you know there's a you know a Cherio or. Or a half-eaten lollipop, or, or something. Yeah, a couple of apples. They're doing all right. Some tiny <laughs> teddies and. Yeah. Very good. Look, we're not going to muck around too much because we've got. A, I don't know how long this is going to go for, but we have already recorded part of uh, part of tonight's podcast. Uh, in that a week or two ago, Jermaine and I were lucky enough to be able to speak with the director and uh, the writer of Choloman, Abir Roy, and uh, that interview is going to follow very shortly. And he was joined by Sugardeep Roy, um, who was the actor who played the Phantom in Choloman, um, and that was really exciting. And um, I know that uh, you should be listening, uh, looking forward to, to hearing from those guys as well. Uh, but we thought what we would do to start the podcast is a bit of a fan commentary of the film. Um, how, have you seen the movie already, gents? Yeah, I've seen it about two, three times. Yep. I've seen about half of it. I, I watched half of it and then got caught away to something and, and didn't get back to it. So okay. the first half will be you know, something I've seen before, but the second half, um, yeah, I'll be seeing it for the first time. We we called away by trying to read your for those who came in late pay, tray paperback, uh, and now I was caught away by something else after I tried to do that. Because <laughs> you haven't read that one either. No. Well, no. You should, you maybe should I have putting, by the time this thing this one goes out. You should be uh, putting down the Game of Thrones books and reading something <laughs> more important. The thing is now I'm reading the books and I'm also I've gone back to watch season one. I'm up to season two again to catch up on all the, all the DVDs. So, um, this is what happens when I don't study now and you know, I get all my work done at work and what am I going to do? Well, I've read the latest fandom comments. I actually bagged and boarded last night. And so that was, you're going to start a, a Rebel um, Game of Thrones podcast soon. No, uh, no, I'm not quite so into it as other people are. <laughs> I can't right. keep track of everything that's going on in that. I can't <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> 
Well, we're oh, going to we'll get into it, as I said, because um, we've got 37 minutes and change of uh, the movie to watch and do a commentary of, and then the interview to get into. Um, for those of you who um, are aware, we're now starting to put a, put these podcasts up on YouTube as well, and so if you're... Um, if you've got the time and you've got the inclination, you can go and watch this on YouTube and what you'll actually see is um, you'll be able to watch the movie along with us while we chat about what we are seeing and, and what we think of the movie. And then the interview with the, the two members of the creative team that I just mentioned, um, that was videoed as well by the magic of Skype and thanks to our Patreon supporters who have been able to um, you know enable that feature for us. So um, that will be probably the one of the better um, YouTube podcasts I think we'll have put up, and I'm looking forward to that. Sh- certainly should be better than um, last week's, which was the <laughs> our three ugly mugs um, looking at you on the screen. But that's there too on YouTube if you want to go back and have a look at that one. There was only two ugly mugs, remember? I was dressed <laughs> up for that. For that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Three Next ugly time, mugs. I'm expecting a free a free crew sticker or something stuck on your forehead, guys. <laughs> Advertising space is for sale for those of you who are wondering. <laughs> oh, there's there a few people wor- worried about uh, the shirt I was wearing. It wasn't Collingwood Magpies, it's Merbean Football Club that, from the St. Major Football League. <laughs> That's a very important dis- 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 distinction. Merbean Magpies, my junior footy club. <laughs> not, uh, not that Collingwood stuff. Okay, That's so. It. We, again, we just can go down rabbit holes. But what we have done is right now, I, I, I hope you guys have got uh, the opening screen of Choloman staring at you. The Phantom is created yes. by Lee Fork and is owned by King yes. Peaches. Very good. Yep. All right, we're all sitting on 000. So if you're, if you're playing along at home and, and haven't got access to YouTube, then you should just go and um, jump on YouTube and watch this yourself while you listen. Yeah, there's... The, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there's an edit point there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay, all right, so on the count of three, boys, one, two, three, go. I'm not even sure if mine worked. Oh, no, it's a slow start. Names or logos. That's right, it's a slow start. Uh, Yeah. Foreign language. I love how they did the the start of actually, like, talking about, you know, the fact of it's, um, you know, fan fiction yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, and I quite like this disclaimer, nice. smoking is injurious. <laughs> no smoking in the Skull Cove. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. throw back to that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And also, um, you know, there is a fair bit of smoking that features in the film too, so... No animals were harmed. I found this really interesting, the um, bit of a background as to Bengali comic culture and, and the impact that it's had on yeah it was very educational and it was um it was it was great it was um well as someone who collects all of the international yeah. stuff you you would have been really interested in this i would have thought yeah and this is part of the reason is because when you when you're collecting comics from around the world you, there's so many different stories you know, there's there's different artists, which means you know you, you can contact them and learn about different people that have had something to do with the Phantom. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to see how they've done it, and like like you know, talking about like you know like for instance, there they were just showing this guy's got a comic book shop or something, and they've got a Phantom there. It's I think you almost get a a, a better 
understanding of just how much of how popular the Phantom is. Yeah. And even these like classic images that we're very familiar with, but um, foreign language captions. Yeah. And they're interested in saying the Phantom is not originally a Bengali character, as a lot of Australians still believe that the Phantom is Australian as well. Hmm. So, you know, it's understandable that Bengalians think the same because a lot of Australians think the same as well. And same as in Bengala and India, Phantom is part of our culture as well. I got shivers down my spine the first time I watched this and saw that, you know, celebrating 80s. It was just that buzz of excitement. I'm watching a new Phantom film. Um, it's the anticipation that got me. Yeah. It's kind of like what I'm feeling now. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to watch a film and people keep chatting through it and then someone... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that annoying when people chat through the film? <laughs> like it's got subtitles. Yeah, I was I'm reading always, those and I was thinking, shut up, fellas, I'm trying to read here. <laughs> I've always the one that uh, has a go at the wife for talking and stuff like that. And I've, I've trained her quite well, actually, especially during the football. But um, now I'm doing what we hope. I love the intro here. Yeah. Just because it, it gives you the... Mis- you know, like, the fandom that we love is mysterious, uh, always in the shadows. And we don't always see the fandom, but we see where the fandom has been. And this... This demonstrates that. And and if the Phantom was real and in our society today, this is how you'd come up, you know, there'd be news um, footage of it and oh, they've got weird marks on their face. And, and they're all, yeah. And I thought the skull mark was really well done. Deep yeah. bruising. Yeah, you've been whacked and you're not whacking up. Yeah, the ghost walks. Good soundtrack. Yeah, it is. Well, as someone who's a musician, Steve, what what excites you about the sound? What was that? Sorry. As, I had someone, the volume turned who, <laughs> as someone who's a musician, the resident musician out of the three of us, what excites you about it? Oh, that was just like a, a typical action movie. Um, Theme that's just going. It was strong and powerful. You've got the the, boom, the big chords happening with the nice brass section. Then you've got the um, the violins going over to pop 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 pop. You know, give you a sense of urgency of excitement. Yeah. The thing I liked about that, where we see the Phantom in the water and that, is that like a lot of seems to be very common in today's TV and movies is that you have the time jumps. Yeah. Which, and I think it, you know, it's like okay, we know where the Phantom's going to be. And now we're getting the story on how he was there. I must admit, the thing that interests me was why... This is a question I probably should have asked the, uh, a bear. Is why um, horse racing? Yeah, why is he a jockey? He, he seems like a big fella to be a jockey. I don't know that he'd be able to get a run in the Melbourne Cup. Well, I was just yeah. looking for Roy Hot Hero to be mentioned there along the um, that would have been horse good. names. That There's no white good. horse, though. Christopher Standish and, and Royal Hero, perhaps, in a different lane. Different lane. Goes That's what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for the jockey names. Uh, yeah, so Christopher Standish was, I think, um, horse number six or something. 
Okay. Is he wearing purple? No. Go! Go, you good thing! Come on, Silver Sovereign! <laughs> uh, for international listeners, you'll have no idea why that's funny. It was funny if, when you listened further on, it talks about how he's actually afraid of horses and he's never ridden horses before. Yeah, yeah. So this was um, uh, interesting. Rewatching this, knowing that he has like about one week, one or two weeks learning how to ride a horse. Ah, uh, the relief when your bet comes on. <laughs> he's the horse owner. Ah. Or no, he's, isn't that his dad. old man? Isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, the son's dad. the jockey anyway. Uh. Look at that. Not one hair out of place. <laughs> well, it's like Billy Zane taking the cowl off. Yeah, that's it. I wonder how many times when Billy took the cow off, they actually took his wig off as well. <laughs> I like this bit here. It really shows the the power, the you know, like the the relationship between father and son. And which is it's a strong thing in family comics, so I'm glad that they mm. that there. And then smoking. Smoking. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, river pirates and, and on a, and a, a small boat, it's, it's not quite um, as glamorous as um, the original story of the, this, you know, the big men of war and, and these sorts of things. It is a fan-made film on a budget. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I get that. You're not going to get Horatio Hornblower sailing down the creek. <laughs> but it's very, um, like what, and again, we've discussed this in the in- interview as well, it's very, um, these are these are real-life problems yes. in India. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'll, one of the things that I like about it is yeah. I knew a little bit about what they were talking about. I didn't know as much. I've never been there or anything like that, but, but, but knowing that there are untouchables, there are real-life problems outside of the city and stuff like that, and there's a lot of squalor, this, I like the fact of it. It, it adds to the story. I agree. It, like, the word real that you use there, it is... It, the Phantom is a real man who does unreal things, um, unlike yeah. your, your other superheroes, and this really does um, place it in a real situation. It's real life. I like that bit there. We call it the Walker Foundation because we like to help them to walk on their yeah. own. Yeah. There's, there's so many really clever and appropriate nods to Leaf Orc tropes. Something's going to go these, down here. Got these bad guys, the they remind me of um, Wilson McCoy bad guys, you know, just those real yeah. ugly... Yeah. As soon as you see them, you know they're bad. Well, these are these. I say river pirates. These could be the river pirates from um, Julie. Yeah, where's Julie? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you're not getting up. I think this bit was probably the weakest part of the movie. Just like I thought, this fight wasn't the strongest. Like, like the special effects, like when the blood, um, you know, got spilt and stuff. But if I was oh. being like that, there. 
that was probably the the weakest part for me. But apart from that, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I can't say. I, 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 th- I thought it was done well enough for, for the type of movie that it is. You, yeah. you do have to keep remembering it's not a Hollywood blockbuster. No, exactly. I love this bit as well where it's like the, in the midst of yeah. the battle, in the midst of everything that's going on, the care for... There's still that moment. The, oh! And then the fact like where he's, um, where he's, you know, saved his son, his last dying out. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure that's the best reaction you could have. It's <laughs> Steve. Like, well, with the bad guy gets blown up. The whole boat gets blown up, mate. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> but just the reaction of the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of funny. It's like my t- uh, like my three year old. She laughs when she's on TV and someone just gets shot. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm raising a serial killer here or not. <laughs> Transmitted to me all his heroism as uh, inheritance, as a shield to the loneliness ahead. There's some strong words. It is. <clears throat> I love this bit. Silhouette. I love this character. Mm. And, and we talk a lot about him in the um, yeah in the interview that's coming soon, so I don't want to spoil too much of that. But uh, no. Run. Does he have his hat? You say. It's all just so well explained in a in a very you know realistic way. Given context, yeah, yeah. overtones than I probably picked up the first couple of times I watched it, you know, the, the image there before of um, Jesus Christ the Saviour and now talking about God spared you, but now all of a sudden we've gone to I oh, don't know, no, yeah, no um, yeah, so probably more of that than I remembered Yeah Not any India sort of criticism, is, just an observation Yeah, India is a very religious place Yeah, but uh, I Bengal's probably got more Christian influence than I sort of realised. These civilisations, people call it a quack. <laughs> Jungle medicines, save the day. 
you can tell that a bit of money must have been spent on the special effects of blowing up the boat and that sort of thing because they do use that scene of quite a few times <laughs> getting getting banged for their Don't get the money out of it. This bit's good. And it's interesting, again, when you listen to the interview later on, just how, like, small where they filmed Mm. everything. It, um, when you listen to it, you get a real appreciation of just oh. of everything. I love this. Yeah. John Kill Tries, Kill Away. This is the thing that I think Old Jungle saying yeah. comes to Kill Away Without Love is buried here. I actually just read a fan comment, like, literally yesterday, uh, where it had that jungle saying in it. That's true. The. Pirates here, he's buried here. Or he's about to be. The thing that I like is they spend a lot of time... One of the criticisms they got was that the Phantom is not in his costume as much. But the thing that I actually like is they focused on, you know, on the torment and how he became the Phantom and stuff. Well, we talked last podcast about um, the character not having a personality. This guy's got a personality. Yes, yes. And that's one of the things I like. I like the Phantom stories where we get to hear a little bit about the Phantom as as a person. And even this is logical and makes sense. You know, I've got no desire to go back to the city. That's my old life. My dad's dead. I don't need to go back to that. (laughs) This was a bit that blew Angus away when I sat and watched it with him. He could not work out why they were walking around with masks on the back of their head. Something to do with birds or whatever? I, I, well, see, I just assumed that because they're attacking bees that they want to convince the bees to attack the back of their head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't explain to him why. <laughs> just like you guys don't have problems with magpies up there? You put something on the back yeah. of your head so the magpies don't come at you? Yep, yep. He's got to be a bad guy. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I like, though, is that they've depicted the bad guys really well. Yeah. Oh, the bastard. He just wants his belly rub. Oh. And again, classic, classic phantom poachers. And he's got yeah. the start of the mask and all that yeah. as well. I enjoyed this bit. Yeah, I did too. This music actually reminds me of some of the Three Musketeers. (laughs) There's the BBC uh, 
version of it. Luckily, like all bad guys, they're terrible shots. That's it. <laughs> Had the marksmanship uh, training through uh, <laughs> the Empire. Through Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo, you know Mr. Magoo, the cartoon character? Yeah. Yeah. See oh, him. mate, you're done. There's a bad guy you can't shoot. Yeah. They build up the tension oh. quite well. I thought this was interesting how they had another person who saved him die in front of his face and that. It it really, I thought it was well done because like it demonstrates he's got a long way to go, demonstrates the love that he has for the, the band of village now and then also the sense of duty that has arised. And, and the sense now I have to become worthy of this. Yeah. <laughs> There's that father and son element again. Yeah. <coughs> so this stuff actually happens in real life as well. Like, they call them the untouchables. That's to do with the case system that they had over there. Right. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Looks like we need someone to be the law in this in this wildland. Uh, so, Steve, we hear a lot about it in the interview, but the, the actor playing Garan here is not an actor at all, just a, a bloke they know. Um, all right. Works at the local coffee shop. <laughs> well, I call them tea houses over there, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that card, I thought it was a credit card the last time, but I wonder what that card is. No, I think it's his voter's card. Okay. So basically, to be able to vote and yeah. stuff like that. So it's like his identity, like his passport. But he keeps that like one his... and throws the rest. Oh, I thought he This is pretty cool. Yeah. I 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I've always loved about the fan was the whole swearing of the oath. It's such a powerful moment that probably doesn't get focused on enough. And this is... I hadn't realised before, this is the funeral fire of Haru. Yeah. So he's, he's gone back to that funeral fire to swear the oath, almost to to his friend as well as to his father. Yeah. It's a, This is a really well done, this scene. How much is it? It's almost I reckon that's word to word. Yeah. The oath. Yeah, I was going to say. I reckon it is. I, I think that's done better than um, it was done in the Billy Zane movie. Yeah, only by about a hundred times. That was awesome. Yeah. Don't need any magic ring there. Or Bandai wearing a mask. So this is a really cool element that they could have by having the the origin story set in present day is that he goes back to his old life briefly just to um, you know but, yeah, wrap get everything the money. up get the money to help set himself up he, you know what he goes and does from here in terms of getting the costume put together and getting himself organised for the vigilante I guess that he's about to become and saying goodbye to his old life yeah And then you've got the training, and even in the movie, it looks like you can actually see him bulking up. Yeah, yeah. Rostro? I thought this bit was a bit funny. He's uh, buying guns from a gun smuggler who he would probably uh, smack yeah. and uh, put in prison later on. Yeah, that's probably fair. You can start to see the Phantom, like, before he was wearing a hoodie, now he's wearing glasses. Um, yeah. You know, you can kind of start to see, you know, the, the identity disappearing. Yeah.
Just a nice little touch. Yeah, he's still a human. Yeah, and it's obviously a, a good... I think it's a really clever way of um, getting him to write his name and, and actually, that's it, this is him turning into Kid Walker. Yeah. I was just seeing if there was any other names in there that were interesting, but... No Lee Forks or anything. This is a... I know in such a short film, there's only so much you can do, but uh, just the way that he comes across the rings seems a bit simple, a bit easy. Yeah. But I like the symbol, you know. I know what you're saying, but I thought it was a good way of introducing the Phantom Rings. I don't know how you do it any differently in, in such a short film yeah. like this. But, um, yeah. What, there, there's no real story behind this other than, oh, it's a family heirloom. I'm a bit of the, uh, get the female audience interested. <laughs> but I'm watching this TV show at the moment and it's got this guy... And I swear that in every every episode, it has a shot of him with his shirt off. I'll see him with uh, his contract or something. <laughs> Stuck the gut in. I do that a bit sometimes as well when I'm looking in front of the mirror. Oh, yep, still got it. <laughs> It's a little weird that he now carries the skull around with him and but has taken it to ten. Remember, this, is, <laughs> this is just the, um, the good mark. He's only just got the good mark now. Yeah, yeah. Now with the, the, the origin of the skull. Yeah, but no, all it just cuts to now he's wearing the skull ring, so... Hmm. Now we've got the dark glasses. Yeah. Tony DePaul would love the, the fact that they brought him in as a biker. That's it. We like Should the bunting on the front of it. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's probably more Indian than uh, Johnny Hotwire. What I thought was interesting was when um, a beard told us how much money the the costume cost him to get made. Do you remember that, Dan? It was naff all, is, is what I thought. It wasn't the like equivalent. 50 bucks or something? It was the equivalent of like 50 Australian dollars. Probably be proved wrong in an hour when he says it was 80 or something, but yeah. What do you think of the costumes, Dave? Um, well, straight away the, the pecs and abs have drawn me. Like a. Kind of skull shape. <laughs> that looks like a magneto helmet. Yeah. I actually don't mind the design of the skull ring. It's nice and simple and light, and you know, it's, it's not like the icon rings that are super bulky and um, 
ostentatious. It's just a simple. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go, Stephen. You'll see your um, your straw hat very soon. I think. Pretty sure. I hadn't picked up before about the. Yeah, that's cool. There he is. Yeah, I hadn't picked up all... before about the addition of the glasses as it goes. It, it's a, it is well thought out. Yeah, Garan in his hat. That's just that's the perfect Garan. <laughs> yeah. Smiling, happy to see him back. <laughs> Clean shaven too now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I like the I like the belt I like that you can't see his eyes. Yeah, I thought they'd yeah. done that. Well. I'd like to, s I'd like to see what the belt buckle can do. I mean, that's, you know, it lights up. It lights up, but uh, what else does it do? I won't be able to do something that's going to give you place away in the dark. <laughs> Smugglers, classic. Dirty smugglers. Yeah. Not shying away from the drugs, not trying to make it blood diamonds or anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, they don't have KFS's blessing. They do what they want. <laughs> good point. I, I quite like this bit here, how they just... And the Phantom always works good in the shadows, yeah. doing yeah. one at a time. And, just... You yeah. know, it adds to the character, it adds to the mysteriousness. Yeah, this stuff. Ruble, where are you? What's and it was, you know, it was done before Batman. Yeah. Yeah. There's the classic line from the... Um, uh, is it the ambassador or the terrorist terrorists in the embassy? How, how did you defeat all of the terrorists one at a time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same way you did to the last one, one at a time. Now you start to see the fear in the yeah. bad guys. Yeah, they know it. They know something bad's happening. This is kind of making me feel like you mentioned Batman before when I played Arkham City and Arkham Asylum, the couple of Batman games, and 
you, know, you, you knock off the bad guys one by one, and then the the music and the, <gasps> the yeah. he's out there, he's gonna get us. Yeah. I like the, the there's a lot of purple coloring, um, whether it's the smoke, the sky. <laughs> Got that in your pipe, it's funny. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to be downwind of this little bonfire. <laughs> Again, you've got the music as well. Yeah, it's yeah really. Speeding up the oh, pace. Great job. You know, his heart rate's. Ah! Oh, This bit, I don't know, like, I didn't like the fact like, you know, it stops the bullets and stuff like that. Yeah, I agreed. I, I really liked the eyes lighting up out of nowhere, that yeah. was actually really cool. But yeah, the your bullets don't hurt me, I, I'm not so sure about that. I like this though. Well, you know, Ghost never does. Yeah. He's got some sort of thermal heater there, does he? Yeah, yeah I like... So... I like the idea of that. That, that explains how the, the skull ring scars them. Is is it's yeah. he heat, it's burn, it burns into them. It brands them. Yeah, 20 generations later. This bit I wasn't so sure about, to be honest, because 20 generations later, we're now talking about the year 2400 or something. Well, I think what it is, it's now putting it in today's generation. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I love about this is that this is what they've created. They've created this skull cave. Oh, for sure. I, I, I love the skull cave. I love it. It's it just, this is where the, the timelines run into each other. Yeah, it, it kind of like almost corrects it. So it's like now if they ever do a sequel, it can be in our timeline. Yeah, that's featuring true. the 21st Phantom. I thought the whole skull, skull cave, skull, that was all awesome. It was very well done. The Phantom. Oh, devil. CGI there, though. I like the skull cave. It's here. I, re I really like it. I really do. It stands up mm. every time I watch it. Mm. That's that's probably the fourth time I've seen it now, and yeah, I get I get a little bit more out of it every time. Yeah, yeah for for fan made film, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. It's a fan made film. It's you know, they it's on a shoestring budget. Like we said, you know, the costume cost them anywhere between fifty to hundred bucks. Um, you know, you listen to listen to you afterwards, you get a little bit more of a peak of time to see, and it really demonstrates just how how what they've put into it, and it's a love love for the character as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, really entertaining. So um, we're gonna we're gonna cut shortly now to our interview with um, Abir Roy, director. Uh, writer and uh, Sugar Deep Roy, Kit Walker, Christopher Standish, The Phantom. 
just before we do, any final thoughts on um, on the film, Jermaine, to begin with? Uh, no, I think we've discussed it all. Yep. Um, Stephen, as someone who has just seen the whole thing for the first time, what are, what are your what's your takeaway right now? Um, that was a very well done production, and I'd love to um, I'd love to see more of it. To tell you the truth, if you mm. want to give them a budget and and um, see where they can take take it from there on, that'll be that'd be brilliant. Mm. Yeah, abso- absolutely. It, it, agree. Yeah, they've they've built the story up you know, exceedingly well. Um, so we know know who this character is. They don't have to. They didn't rely on you know silly things that the the um, same movie did, you know, with the um, yeah. the ring and the dance and the, the, the trials and yeah, um, yeah, and it gives a, a sense of realism. Mm. And yeah. I'm sh- as I think, if I remember rightly, I'm about to say in a in a far more gushing way. I think that the um, the guys who are behind this just clearly demonstrate their absolute love of the character and mm. um, and and their knowledge of the law. And um, their willingness to stick within that, um, and and thus provide you know the phantom that we we're all familiar with. Maybe we don't. You know, there is a lot of cost, a discussion about the costume, and maybe it wasn't exactly as lots of people would have liked to have seen it. And we've we've touched upon you know the bulletproof nature of it, which isn't quite right. Um, but they get a lot more right than they get wrong. Exactly, yeah. and they probably get. Let's let's put it this way: they get they get more right. Uh, they get more right than wrong, unlike the sci-fi Phantom, yes. where I think the costume was a big failing in the sci-fi Phantom, um, and then in the Billy Zane one, as you know, we all loved. I love Billy Zane as the Phantom, um, but you know the fact that you know he doesn't doesn't he doesn't hide his eyes. You've got the whole magical skull thing. As soon you know, if you remove that whole magical skull type of thing. You've probably got you've got probably a better film, yeah. uh, but you know this doesn't have the magical elements. It's you know it is someone you know next door who has trained himself up and yeah. has become the Phantom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is what the Phantom is. He's not a superhero who has to be bitten by a spider or pumped full of uh, performance enhancing drugs like Captain America or, or something. Gamma uh, rays, yeah. Yeah, you know, it is a guy who who has dedicated his life to fight piracy. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, very good. Well, um, on that note, we will cut straight from this to our interview with the creative team. Um, I hope you enjoyed the, the fan commentary as it was and um, really hope you enjoy the next little part of the podcast uh, where we talk to the guys who are behind it. So what I expect... Is when this gets done to DVD, the special we'll have like you know you have like the extras, <laughs> so there will be um, this podcast will be part you know the special commentary, and then we'll have the interview as well. That's what I'm expecting. Oh, absolutely, DVD. Absolutely, uh, looking forward to our our small cut of the take, whatever that should be. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm Jermaine, uh, the other guy is Dan. Um, so thanks for joining us and, and agreeing to do this. Um, at the start, we're, we're huge fans of the uh, movie, enjoyed it a lot. Thank you, thank you so much. 
I'm Abhir, the director, and this is Shagardeep, you know, uh, Phantom. Of <laughs> <laughs> More of a beard now than uh, in the film. Oh yeah, uh, he's actually uh, doing another film right now. That's that's the look of uh, the film. Oh, that he's doing. Okay. <laughs> uh, he understands English, but uh, he shall speak in the Indian language, and I shall be his translator. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sounds perfect, mate. Right? Um. Okay, tonight uh, or today, whenever you're listening to this, um, is a special episode for us because it's um, we have been trying to talk to people who have um, created films and, and movies and TV about the fandom. That's that's one of the things that we like to do. And in November last year, released on YouTube, was a, a brand new version of the fandom which I think a lot of people were a bit dubious about or unsure about when it um, was starting to be advertised, but then really enjoyed once it hit the, I guess, the small screen on YouTube. I'm talking about uh, Cholomon Ashuri, of course, and uh, it's already had, in only two or three months, over four or nearly 4,000 views, and uh, hopefully we might get the little Chronicle Chamber bump um, after this after this podcast is released. We'll see how we go. But uh, we're lucky enough today to be talking to the man who wrote the screenplay, edited the film, and directed the film, and also had a small part as a male newsreader, if I read the credits co- correctly, um, Abir Roy. Welcome, Abir. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, Jermaine. Thank and, you for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, Abir is also joined by Sagadeep Roy, the main... Um, actor, the, the Phantom, Kit Walker, Christopher Standish, uh, Choloman himself. Thank you. Hi. Thank you awesome. so much for joining us. <laughs> I guess if you could introduce yourself a little bit about, you know, um, your, your your age, uh, your background, um, your history with uh, comics and Phantom comics in particular, I suppose. A, a bit, but perhaps we start with you. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Abir Roy. I'm 28 years old. I'm from India, Kolkata, uh, to be very precise. And uh, my association with comic books have uh, begun uh, very early in my life. I began with uh, the local comics, the Bengali comics. And it is when I was introduced to Phantom. Uh, the Phantom is such a character that comes out in Indian comics uh, uh, as... Oronno Dev or Choloman Oshuri, these are the two names used for the Phantom. Oronno Dev, which translates to Lord of the Forest, or Choloman Oshuri translates to The Ghost Who Walks. These are the two names which are used for the Phantom in the comics published in India. Uh, I was introduced to the Phantom at a very young age. My mother and my father, both of them were huge fans of uh, the comic strips by Lee Falk. What I did not know was that uh, originally Phantom is not a Bengali comic strip. Uh, Phantom is actually published in English, but then in my in my tender ages, I had no idea about that. So I grew up believing that the Phantom is actually a Bengali man who somehow drifted into the forests and uh, became sort of a superhero. Uh, he has fascinated me from a very from a very young age, and uh, everyone in in my province, everyone from the state I belong to, is a huge fan of the character. Anybody who is a comic book reader. I think uh, the superhero they would put at the number one position above Superman, Batman or any other comic book characters available is the Phantom because the Phantom have been a, 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 have been the, the first preference of all of these people because of, of the time since when Phantom was ha, have begun publishing in West Bengal. Uh, 
that was a time when no other comic books uh, were quite available here. Phantom started coming out in the newspapers, the daily newspapers, and it still does. 40 years, 50 years after the first Bengali publication happened in Bengal uh, of Phantom, it's, it's still continuing. We get to see Phantom comic strips in newspapers every day, translated in Bengali, and they're equally endearing, and uh, the experience is equally fulfilling to read it. Hmm. So, uh, uh, now I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll translate for him whatever he has to say. We are going to talk about the comics here. We are going to talk about the comics here. Hi, Shavadip uh, from India. I am a little bit of a comic sport. I am a comic sport. Uh, hi, this is Sagardeep Roy. Uh, he is from West Bengal as well. He's from Kolkata. And he has been associated with comic books from a very young age. But then uh, he was also introduced to other comic books uh, uh, during that time. I had lost my link with the Phantom. Uh, after a point of time because uh, I was no longer into comic books but then when I was selected to play the character I had to go back uh, to read the comic books to understand the character a little more. Uh, when, I, uh, when I began playing the character I rediscovered the character and it was very important that I grew Kit Walker and the Phantom inside. Well, I'm not sure how successful it is. <laughs> you were very successful. Um, I, I thought you played a very strong uh, Kit Walker. What I enjoyed about the character was the depth you brought to the character. Thank you. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> no, no worries. So, were the the comics? So, did you? Was it the Indra Jail comics that you? Mainly grew up on, or was it? Yeah, also, yeah the yeah. Indrajal comics. Yeah, <laughs> the Indrajal yeah. comics uh, uh, actually started publishing the Phantom uh, in in the the late 60s and the early 70s in India. That was when Indrajal comics started out. Uh, there were several other characters as well in the Phantom verse that included Mandrake and Flash Gordon. And uh, who else was that? Uh, Buzz Sayer and Bahadur. Bahadur, right. Bahadur. Bahadur was there, but then Bahadur, though Bahadur was an Indian publication, Bahadur yes. was actually uh, an Indian character. People were not quite into Bahadur. Bahadur was popular, but then nobody could beat the popularity of the Phantom. Then I mean, it was, people believe Indrajal comics survived uh, for the Phantom, and it did. Yes. But you were saying, did you read them mostly in the newspapers, though, rather than in comic book form? Yeah, I read mostly in the newspapers. I still follow. I still follow them. Uh, Kindrajal Comics actually had stopped publishing by the by by the age I had grown. Uh, by the time I had grown of the age uh, to read and understand comic books, because uh, Indrajal Comics had stopped publishing in the mid nineties, early nineties. After that, there were no more Indrajal Comics. Of course, the old issues were still available. But then uh, my introduction to the Phantom were mainly through uh, through the newspapers, and uh, we have we have a we have a uh, an annual public publication in Bengali that's very popular. That's called uh, Anandu Mela. I'll, I'll just show you if you allow me. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. 
you have it at your fingertips. That's good to see. Yeah. <laughs> so is this this isn't an annual that's just Fandom Comics, or uh, it used to come out uh, once a year, but then it still is very popular. But then I guess they have uh, some issues with. Uh, uh, the original. This is. If you can see it. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they have around four or five stories clubbed together, and they published it annually. And this was a treat. I mean, people used to buy these uh, books just for the the, the sense section of the fandom. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. I've got. I've got a few friends. In India, and they're all mad about all mad about um, uh, the Phantom. And there was also an Australian a couple of years ago that did a um, Kevin Patrick who did a thesis on the popularity of the Phantom in India as well as Australia and Sweden. So um, yeah, it's um, yeah. So it's 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 good to be talking and, and learning a bit more about the Phantom and stuff like that. So, but um, obviously, be, you have gone on to bigger and bigger, bigger and better things than just um, fa- reading Phantom comics. You're, you're a, a a filmmaker now. Can, are you uh, with Dreamcast Studios, or or is it a? Uh, what, can you tell us about the setup of, of how that all worked? Uh, yeah, we have uh, we've made a couple of films in Dream City Artists, uh, but uh, the Phantom was not in our plan. Of uh, in our in our course of action because this is something that you know required uh, a lot of research not just a lot of research uh, required primarily money required uh, enormous amount of resources because a superhero film that to get a character this big and this popular uh, it needs guts to go ahead. I mean of course it needs manners as well unless you're mad about something it's it's very impractical to go ahead with something this big yes. Uh, uh, so uh, what we initially thought was that we will scrap the idea because uh, it's it's just not possible. It's not possible. As in, I'll tell you something. First of all, it's not possible to bring back uh, the uh, the period of the origin story that's in somewhere in the 1500s. But then uh, Sagadeep was the one who told me, let's just start. Let's let's begin. I mean, we might we might we might end it after shooting for a couple of days, but then let's at least start. Let's just go ahead with it. Then. We'll we, we see if uh, things don't work out. We can, we can think about something else. Uh, that was exactly when we thought of modernizing it and bringing it to uh, the present day. Mm-hmm. That will that will ease us. That will ease us the budget, and that will also uh, make things a little more easy in terms of uh, making the story a little more believable. Yeah. So when That's did when did you first conceive of the idea of doing um, the Phantom movie? There was another film that we made called Peluda Uthan. That was about the 50 years anniversary of another local hero, uh, of another character by the great filmmaker Satyajit Ray. Uh, he he had written a character, and we we made a film on that uh, when it completed 50 years of its publication. Uh, that was that was an enormous hit in the online market, and there were the the media here were all well, were all out in praises of it, and that 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 was an encouraging start for us. And when we were looking for a topic for our next film. Uh, 
uh, I came up with this. I came up with this article which said Phantom completes it eight, its 80 years in 2016 and 17. So we thought if we made something on the 50th anniversary of Feluda, why not go ahead and make something on the 80th anniversary of Phantom? So that's that. Luckily, fell in place after after 50th anniversary of the other character. The 80th anniversary of Phantom was following. So we sort of got lucky. Yeah. So what's like with obviously the budget and the production schedule, like did you have to get a, like a loan for it, or was it totally out of your own pocket, or like where did like you've got the idea? What's the next step in actually doing it? Uh, if if you think about it, uh, the, the project looks big, but then uh, if I if I decode it. Uh, that'll that'll just that'll the mystery will be revealed and I'll do it for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for you. Thank you. Uh, filmmaking in the place from where I belong is not very expensive if you are if you are dexterous at your art. I'll tell you why. Uh, our cameraman and me we had two cameras. We shot with 5D cameras. Uh, we had a couple of cameras, so we used those. We had to hire a couple of lenses, of course. Uh, the the DOP wasn't ready to shoot with the lenses available. So we had to hire a couple of good lenses. The actor here is a friend, of course. He he took his he took his remuneration, but then that was not very much. And uh, the rest of the, the the rest of the production happened in a very happened in a very uh, con confined place. I mean, uh, other than maybe the the uh, the sea beach sequence, uh, the the, the Kilawi, and the boat, everything happened. We have a studio of our own. We uh, there, there's a there's a studio of our own. It's actually a house with a with a large backyard. We had all our sets selected in the backyard, including the uh, place where he actually uh, took the oath of the skull, and oh. uh, yeah, and Guran's hut. Everything was, was made there, so we oh, didn't yeah. have to. Yeah, so we didn't have to do a lot of traveling. The indoor scenes were all shot at uh, the studio that we have, and uh, for the outdoor scenes, especially uh, the scenes of Kilawi, places where he was found, and. Uh, uh, the outside of Guran's hut, and as well uh, 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 the, the fight sequence between the tribals and uh, the poachers. Even that happened uh, outside, but then we didn't have to travel uh, uh, a great deal because it all happened. I mean, within a reach of around, uh, say, 100 kilometers. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, how how long did it actually take to film? It took us around eight months, six to eight months. Yeah. So what about the horse race? Was uh, did you actually have to jump on the horse yourself and, and ride that? Uh, he, he had to ride a horse. We had shot uh, the horse race in the, the race course of Kolkata and uh, he had to do a little bit of uh, horse training for that. We had a trainer called Mr. Paul. He, uh, he, he was very scared of horses initially, of course. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's never done horse riding before. Uh, so he was uh, initially a little jittery about climbing onto the horse. Uh, but then what happened was uh, uh, the horse was a, was a sweetheart. It was a, it was a very sweet horse, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, they both of them gel really well. I mean, there's a scene, if you can see, the, the horse is being kissed by him. Yes. So that, yes. Uh, yeah, that initially was uh, 
was a very scary part for him to do because uh, uh, he's never interacted with a horse that close and it, it's a huge animal yeah. and uh, if, if you're not experienced in terms of jockeying or horse riding it's it's a little it's a little uh, it's a little scary to do it but then they became really good friends i mean both of them and a few scenes of the horse racing were of course stock shots where we had uh, we shot in the race course of course but then uh, we had taken a few uh, b-roll shots and stock shots where we have inserted it mm-hmm. but uh, most of the race is uh, where he is riding but it was shot in a much slower pace than we get to see in the film. I mean the horses are they are not quite galloping there it's more like cantering fair enough if you were going to throw me on a horse, I'd want it to be in a canter as well, at best. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult for somebody who's not uh, been into horse riding for quite some time, and he's he's joined. Uh, I mean, he's uh, learned uh, riding for around a couple of weeks, three weeks max. Uh, that's not enough to become a good rider. So it was a lot easier riding the motorbike than uh, the horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so on that, I guess in terms of the training and the preparation, um, Sagadeep, you, you, you know, if people who may not be able to see this, but you, you're sporting a beard now, and um, a beard said that's because of the next role you're picking up. How much physical training and um, and preparation did you have to do in that sense uh, to fill the Phantom's costume? Physical training, but what to do? <coughs> he is into sports. Uh, I'm, I'm translating what he's saying. He's yep. into sports. Yep. He's, he's into soccer. He plays a lot of soccer. He plays a lot of football. Uh, that's that's a part of his daily routine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, wasn't quite a gym person, but then for that he had to hit the gym for a couple of months. What he had to start for this film was swimming because he had a little fat in both the sides of his tummy and fat wasn't permitted to play. So he had to start swimming to get in absolute good shape. Uh, though he says he's he was not not quite satisfied with the way his physique turned out to be because he needed to buff up a little more to look like uh, the, the sketches given in the books. Uh, but then uh, for him, according to him, the, the biggest challenge was battling the heat because it was very hot and we were shooting here. It was around in terms of weather, it was around 40, 42 degrees centigrade. And the costume was excruciatingly, excruciatingly, excruciatingly hot for him. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's interesting you should say that because um, only last weekend we were lucky enough to talk to Mike Manley who's the current artist um, in the dailies and he was one of the comments he made was that the um, the real Phantom if he existed would die of dehydration from wearing that costume in the jungle right exactly originally <laughs> Phantom really he would second that. I mean, he, he couldn't agree more because he was almost on the verge of passing out when we were shooting the action scene. Oh, wow. Sorry. I'm going to 
yeah I was talking to the person who manages your Facebook uh, page I'm not sure who it was yeah. but they yeah. were saying that um uh, it was hard to get on and off as well and you had to make sure you had to go to the toilet first or, or, or something like that as well because you couldn't just take it off it like there was a long process to put it back on I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you what পি because there was no way of getting the lowers down or there was no zipper in the costume so once you are in it you are in it uh, you are in it you are in it till the till the scene was done alaga pade pade toiri chilo body jonno ar ami glucose water beshi kore khete pachhilam na ekhon beshi gele beshi toilet pabe okay every 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 part of it like the chest the abs the shoulders there were there were separate parts which had to be stuck on to the, uh, the 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 undersuit that he had and uh, he the poor guy he saying uh, he couldn't even have a lot of glucose water because the more water you 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 intake the more peace you feel and then things get ugly <laughs> I, i was about to ask about yes pouring water in one end and then not letting it go the other <laughs> <laughs> incoming no all good <laughs> So the design on the suit was that um like tell us a bit about the design of the suit and like the budgets you had with that and and as well if that's okay. That is I no problem with that. There's nothing to hide. The film is out. I mean Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's great. Uh uh I'll tell you something. The budget the suit was made at a approximate budget of around 3000 Indian rupees. uh that's like in terms of us dollars that's like how much uh, yeah, 17 500 no no i'll just i'll just do a quick conversion in terms of usd 70 hocche 770 hocche 1 taka so 7000 that's somewhere around 50 dollars okay. oh wow 50 usd 3000 indian rupees so that 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 was what the suit cost us uh, uh the suit was uh, made out of a, of a thing called uh, uh, 
I I don't know exactly the full form of it. It's called EVA EVA foam or something like that. It was made out of that, and the guy who designed it, uh, it, it we had initially planned of giving him spandex, but then he looked extremely stupid in spandex, and uh, yeah, I mean the spandex just doesn't go now. And uh, spandex, the, the the biggest disadvantage of spandex is that the suit was fine till the neck, but then you couldn't. Hello. Yeah, 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 still, yeah. The suit was fine till the neck, but the cowl. It was not possible to make the cowl in spandex. Even mm. if you see the Billy Zane film, the the cowl of the Phantom is a little different from all other cowl superheroes, be Batman or anybody else. They wear a cowl that covers their face almost in half. Mm. Now the Phantom is something that has the entire face open, so it's difficult for spandex to kind of you know have it just on the head and not the other parts of the face. Uh, spandex doesn't work like that, so there had to be a helmet made because the otherwise the problem that would have been uh, uh, if if had Even the had the the cowl and the neck pinned uh, together, he wouldn't have been able to turn his head. That would have been torturing him more, and he would have left the film midway. And we would yeah. have been so. So what we had to do was we had to make a separate piece for the for the head and a separate piece for the neck. Uh, this had another advantage is that uh, the separate neck piece actually made him look wider, made him look a little more. Intimidating to the villains, and yeah. uh, gave an overall mechanized look to the entire armor. And we thought of not going with spandex for another reason is that this Phantom belonged in our film belonged to 2016 or 17. Mm. I mean, yes. a man should be a vigilante wearing a spandex outfit. Of course, he'll have, maybe he'll he'll uh, he'll look a little more faithful to the comics in spandex, but then he'll be vulnerable to gunshots and knife wounds and. So we thought of making it a little more realistic and giving him, uh, giving it an armory feel, more than uh, just yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I must say, I suppose one of the uh, the questions that people had at the time when it was coming out is, what is the costume going to look like? Everybody's really keen to see what the design of the costume will be. And um, I must, because I watched it obviously back in November when it came out, but then I've watched it a couple of times since, and and again today. In preparation for talking to you guys, and um, it just it does it makes sense in terms of someone who decides in 2016 that they're going to give up their life um, in the city and become this phantom character. Um, the process that that you know Kit Walker in the or Christopher goes through to become Kit Walker and so on, it, it does make sense for a, for a modern day character who's, who's someone who's doing that. Right, right. I mean, it's it's uh, I know it's uncomfortable for Indian weather. But then uh, you got to make it. You got to make it a little more uh, attractive as well, and uh, it, it's with the time as well. I mean, it's with the modern times. Though mm. so, I mean, Sorry. if you if you watched uh, the Sci-Fi Channel uh, mm. uh, miniseries, they they went for the armory look, but then they deviated completely out of it. I mean, it's it's very difficult to relate to Phantom in the costume that they had. I don't yes. Know Yeah, tend to agree with that one. It's um yeah. So the thing that I loved about your depiction of the character, one of the things that I loved about it, uh, which we already talked about the the depth of the character of Kit Walker, but it, it's un it, you can tell you's you can tell you're a Phantom fan because there's so much Phantom lore in the film. Like there's Killawee, there's jungle sayings, there's poachers. There's a skull oaf. There's Eden. 
you've got the guns are correct and then you've even got the cave at the end and all that you you did a great job in adding all of these phantom laws mm. thank you so much thank you i think this is the biggest compliment anybody has given us Oh no, it's a hundred percent true. Like the when I wrote it, when I when I sat down today, I sat down with a notebook, thinking, okay, let's write down the things that I like and the things that I don't like, and all of the things that um, Jermaine's just said about the elements of Phantom Law that you brought in. It, it is a Phantom film, even though it, it may be in a language that we don't understand, um, and it's and it's set in twenty sixteen, not fifteen hundred, when you're doing an origin film. Um, all of those things make it distinctly phantom, and that's something that I think um, you mentioned the sci-fi series. It didn't do those sorts of things anywhere near as effectively. Thank you so much. I mean, this is just such a lovely compliment that we've gotten. I mean, this this made our day, honestly. <laughs> no, yeah, because I... I tell you something. The phantom, the phantom is not just a mere character. The phantom is a religion, I believe. Yes, yes. The phantom is. I mean, it's come on. It's it. It cannot be equated with. I mean, he cannot. Cannot be just a superhero. I mean, that's, that's that's an insult to him. Just calling him a mere vigilante or a superhero, uh, because he is so much more. He is a world of its of his own. He is he means family. He means a he means a father. He means a legacy. He means pride. He means everything that a human that humans are capable of emoting. I mean, he is not he is not just about going out there with guns and uh, punching baddies with us. With the skull motif on their cheeks. He's not just about that. He's about being a responsible father. He's about passing down his legacy to his son. He's about laying down his life for people he doesn't even know. I mean, the pygmies out there. Who who are they to him? He's he's he, he's a white guy from Europe. I mean, why would he just go out there and 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 dedicate his lives and generations after him for their welfare? He is he's he is God. I mean, that's the reason we call him Arunoti. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All I mean, it's 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 very narrow-minded for people to call him superhero. He's not. I sincerely have problems with that word. Mm. Well, Billy Billy Zane famously said he's not a superhero. He's superhuman. Right. Super he's human. He is. He's just sentiment. He's a sentiment, exactly. Yeah. You, you seem very passionate about the Phantom. It's um, it's it's great. It's like you know, this wasn't just a uh, like a this was this was this was a love. You can you can see the love uh, in the film, but also from in talking to you as well, the the endearment to the character uh, as well. Thank you. I mean, this is see what we we had very limited resources. What we wanted to put in both me and him. What uh, initially we uh, were really good friends. We know each other for quite some time, uh, more than 10-15 years now. But we thought that I mean, yeah, we cannot be competing with Hollywood in terms of budget or in terms of visuals. But what we can compete with them in terms of is the emotion. What we can compete uh, in terms of developing the character. It doesn't take money to develop a good character. It doesn't yeah. take money or it doesn't take a huge studio backup. Take a story that touches the hearts of people. Yeah. Huge it deserves, but then of course what we can give to the character is uh, the heart, the emotion, the sentiment, the love. Yeah, and I, and I think you certainly achieved that with the with the whole backstory of Christopher Standish and the way that you established the Walker Foundation and he's lost his mum and the the love, the affection that he clearly feels for his dad. That you know I've lost those people and and now what do I do with my life? Um, and and oh, it, it just is. It, it's all of that spirit of the character that we love so much that you've that you've taken us on that journey 
Um, and yes, we end up at the Phantom, but it really is a journey about a man who's who's really discovering his purpose in life. I think. Right. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm glad that the the that idea actually percolated to you. That's exactly what we wanted to show. I mean, this is. I mean, if if you if you remember in the scene where his friend dies trying to save him, hmm. and at the funeral where he's being burned, that's what he that's what he feels. Uh, I mean, the same thing happened to my dad. He dri- he died trying to save me, and this guy who died trying to save me for the second time. This is the second person who died trying to save me. Even this guy has a son, one one and a half year old son, and that son is just as as unfortunate as I am. So that that's where he grows emotionally. That's where he actually sits with Guran, and then Guran tells him how how pathetic in the condition they are in, mm-hmm. and then. After that, he just gets up, digs out the skull, and takes the oath. Now, this is—that's where he actually becomes insane. I mean, that's where he grows as a character. Then I, enough is enough. There's nothing for left for me to be done. I mean, I won't—I won't be just sitting here and, uh, uh, you know, pulling down honeycombs and uh, ending my life like that. I won't do that. I mean, I'll just make a difference. Yeah. 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 Now, the other thing that I love about the movie is that. You do not pull any punches with the social themes that you are challenging in the movie. Like you've got your social outcasts with the banter, you've got your pirates, you've got the caste levels, which, um, which I believe is quite uh, is, is quite big in India. Then you've got the corruption. Now, was this a was this a an opportunity to be able to highlight these issues and 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 allow a character like the Phantom to um, to fight social justice? Yeah, uh, that's that's fantastically pointed out by you. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because the the Bengala that we've shown, of course, it's it's Bengal in our film, not Bengala. Uh, the Bengal that we've shown, that's very closer to the Bengal in reality. I mean, we still do have pirates in the region that we've shown. The Sundarbans, uh, the Delta region that uh, we've shown in the film, where uh, this the forest is actually based in, we still do have pirates there. People do, people do. Get robbed by pirates. We have immense cross-border corruption going on in that area as of today. Still in 2018, we've got immense cross-border corruption going on there. Smuggling is a smuggling is a prevalent art there. I mean, people there, uh, people who live there. There's a very small population of tribals who still stay there. They are almost reduced to animals. They do not have proper means of livelihood. They do not have Places where they can cultivate cultivate their food, they live on they they live by you know selling 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 branches and wood from from the nearby forest. The nearest city or town, the nearest town from that place is around 80 or 90 kilometers. So that's that's a very sorry state of affairs in the place that we've shown. And we really we really need a phantom there. So that's <laughs> it's nothing but reality. I mean. It happens there. It happens. People, uh, immense amount of uh, uh, narcotics, and cocaine, and and heroin, and these things are still still uh, uh, the cross-border trade, illegal trades of these these uh, uh, illegal items are still very very prevalent uh, in those areas. Yeah, I mean, they they come up with newer and newer drugs. I mean, uh, newer and newer drugs because the, the Sundar ones, the forests that we're talking about, uh, they are immense, uh, immensely rich in terms of vegetation, and uh, the tribals out there they are still treated like slaves. 
they are uh, forced into uh, making uh, making hallucinogens from the trees uh, that are inside those forests so it's it's really a very uh, sorry state of affairs there in reality as well it's not just the kind of i mean had lee fog been alive today he would have found immense similarity to the to the stories that he yeah of course they don't wear leaves anymore they don't carry they don't carry those spears anymore like in the like in the comic books that part is different but then uh, the 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 social the social uh, structure of it and the the picture is the same it's not changed a great deal in all these years yeah no oh, 100% agree it, it's um it, it's a, it's an area that's rich with possible you know it's a terrible state of affairs for the people that live there. It's a, um, an area that's rich with possibilities for, as you say, a phantom um, or a hero to step up. Um, it, it seems almost trite to say or, or, or silly to say now, but is it is it um, a, is it the sort of place where you could write phantom stories about that for phantom comic books? Have you ever thought about writing comic books yourself? Uh. Mm, comic books, no. And uh, uh, I do write stories. I do write. Uh, I do write my scripts. I, I tried writing a comic book character. I mean, I tried creating a superhero back in my school days, but then that's that's just <laughs> didn't work out. No, I, th- I think we've so, all had a crack at doing something like that at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, some, I even forgot the name of uh, character. It was maybe a space bella, maybe something on the lines of Flash Gordon, but. I, yeah, I mean, we've all we've all been creators at some point or the other. I had like, I had my creation phase as well back when yeah. I was. Yeah, sure. So will we see a sequel to this movie? Sorry. Will we see a sequel to the Charlemagne? Sequel. Sequel. Uh, my friend is uh, has been has been has been uh, very interested to play the character for the second time because he feels he's grown as an actor after the first film and he's understood Phantom uh, after the first film. Uh, we are still in talks of of, of a sequel. Uh, we've not uh, we've not brought down anything on paper. We've not written a script yet, but uh, we're thinking of a sequel. But then. Uh, uh, I had a discussion with uh, uh, I had a discussion with the admin of uh, admin of our uh, Facebook page. I guess uh, he had floated he had written to a couple of fans. I think Mr. Parker included for a couple of ideas on what to what what to do for the for the sequel. But we we look to introduce a couple of characters in the next film. I mean Diana will be there, and uh, we need to have a new Guran because the same Guran can't be there 20 uh, 20 generations on. Has to be a new guy playing Guran, and uh, we've thought of starting over with uh, in the end. I mean, if if there is a sequel, it'll start with uh, the ending of the 20th Phantom and beginning of uh, the 21st Phantom. It'll start with the death of the 20, 20th Phantom and how he passes on mantle to his son and who becomes the 21st Phantom. I think Ram Singh would be there as a Rama Singh would be there as a potential villain. And, oh, and nice. That's one I think I've, we forgot to say before. Even the Singh pirates were mentioned in in this the Singh Brotherhood. Yeah. So you, you yeah. really did touch all bases. Um, I, I'm a little bit sad to hear that you would go with a different Garan, though. To be honest, because the guy that you got to play Garan yeah. in this film, maybe maybe it was your um, attention to detail with the the hat that he wore. 
But honestly, he looked like he'd stepped straight out of a Cy Barry comic strip um, into your film. So happy to trust me, he would be so happy to hear about this. I mean, I'll tell you how he—he's not even a professional actor. He is—he uh, is a friend who's got—he's he, a friend who's got a little tea and coffee joint uh, near the place where I stay. And uh, he, uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you that—that's how I, I grab my actors. I mean, it's just that. Um, both of us kind of go to his shop in the evening at times and we uh, have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea maybe and uh, he uh, has done a couple of acting assignments on stage before this not quite on, uh, on film or on video uh, so we just come up we were, yeah, in theatre we, uh, we were sitting in his shop one day and I was like I was looking for a Guran then we had thought of another person we thought of maybe we can change the look of Guran a little more because uh, first of all, it's not quite possible to some find someone of a, of the height of around three feet, three and a half feet. Because Guran is essentially a pygmy. It's not possible to find a pygmy today. I mean, it has to be either a digit, has to be a has, has to be a person who's uh, vertically challenged, or has to be somebody who looks like that, maybe of a, of a little taller height. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he 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 was in his shop. And he, I just, I, I guess he had just taken a bath and he came out with this, with a towel wrapped around his uh, torso and he had a bare torso and he had a huge uh, uh, tummy. And I was like, man, you're looking just like the, the comic book Gurad. I mean, he just looks like that. He's, he, he has a tummy and he wears, he doesn't wear anything on, uh, on his torso. And he has a sort of a, a, a leaf skirt, yes. a skirt yes. that's made out of leaves and he wears that he had. So I was like, why not try him? And then uh, the first scene... The first scene he appeared as Guran was in the beach, where both of them are sitting together and Guran is saying how how uh, how dreadful their condition is. And he nailed it completely. I mean, he just slipped into the character. I, I wanted Guran to be uh, a very compassionate character, a very uh, a very lovable character, as if the person is... Guran is phantom without a mask. Hmm. Yeah. Guran is actually phantom without a mask. He is phantom without the physical fitness. Without, uh, without the, without, without the costume. That's all. Guran is equally courageous. Guran is, uh, uh, in fact, he is cleverer than the Phantom, and he is uh, a very loving companion. Yeah. Very, very loving companion. I mean, he would come in front of a, he would take a bed for, for kid. Hmm. And, and uh, Rana Ghosh, name of the guy who's played it, Rana Ghosh. He, uh, he was. He, as a person, is just like that. As a person, is so like that. Hmm. He, he's a very good friend. He's a very faithful person. He's a very honest man. And when he, when he actually delivered his lines as Quran, that honesty sort of came into his lines. And that was when I decided, okay, he's will never find a better Quran. Yeah, no, totally and, agree. You and the, the relationship between the two actors, um, it came through from from the oh, from man. the screen. रिलेशनशिपनशिपनशिपाल uh, so why took the Kamla Bondur Motoy? He's saying uh, uh, he had done a little homework to build that because uh, uh, a large portion of the second half of the film depended on the friendship of uh, Guran and, uh, and uh, Christopher. 
So what he did was he started going to uh, the coffee shop a little more than usual, and uh, his point was to build a more personal relationship with him than uh, making it strictly professional, <laughs> and that's what has helped. Because uh, uh, Rana, who had played the character, the guy was not quite a very uh, he was a little shy guy. He was uh, a little he he was not quite that free in front of the camera. So that uh, that that. Uh, that rigidity had to be reduced a little, and he worked on it. I mean, he constantly went there. He explained about the character Goran to him, and they were in constant talks. They sat there, inside for hours, and just gossiped about nothing. They talked, and they talked, and they talked, so that the friendship grew, and that's what was translated well on screen. Yeah, yeah. excellent. He did a great job with uh, Goran. Yeah, so you got to keep Goran for the next yep. sequel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See what. I'd love to recast him as Guran. He, I mean, he would, he would love to uh, reprise his role, role as Guran again. But then that won't be. I mean, yeah, Phantom can be born with the same face. I mean, Kit Walker can have similar faces. I mean, I mean, one Kit Walker can have the face like his father, and then the next one can have a face identical to his father. So that way, he can become Phantom again. But then, it will be a bit too much for Guran to have. <laughs> I, I think we'd be prepared to overlook it. He looked that good. Okay, okay. Okay, Okay, He'll be so happy. Trust me, Rana would be so happy to hear this. I mean, he 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 he's a very simple man. He's a very he's a he's a very he's a darling. I mean, he's a very simple man with simple tastes. Uh, doesn't talk much. Very quiet sort of a person. And uh, he was so happy when he got these compliments about Guran. I mean, people here who know Guran, who have who read the comics well, they appreciated him so much. I mean, especially because, not just because of his looks, not just because of the way he looks, because he just wears the hat once. I mean, no one wears a hat like that. <laughs> Illogical for him to wear the hat complete. I mean, throughout the entire film and go around, he wears the hat just once. But even without the hat, he was he was so endeared in his portrayal. Yes. And people appreciated him so very much. And uh, he came he came up and asked me one day, uh, "Is a part two happening? Is a sequel happening? Am I there?" Guran <laughs> would be there. Somebody else would be playing it. I mean, maybe it's your, it's a, maybe it's your descendant, but then can't be you. He was a little disheartened at that. So when he hears that, you guys, you guys want him to be back as Guran. He'd be so happy. Let's see. <laughs> get somebody like that. I mean, in terms of acting, maybe I'll get better actors than him. But in terms of looks and that simplicity, it's very difficult to duplicate him. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's Competition competition. Yeah, what he's saying is that even if we do get uh, somebody like him or somebody maybe to play Guran, there'll be a comparison that will be inevitable with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about the so that's the I guess the human element of the of the film. What about the the digital effects that um, you threw, like I, I gathered the fire at different stages was all done digitally and certainly um, Devil and Hero in the last couple of minutes seemed like, um, were they digital effects as well? Uh, they were digital effects. Uh, the, the devil was digital effect. The horse was shot in a separate uh, plate and of course put there because it's, uh, 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 I was, I, I, I have, I wasn't uh, quite present throughout the entire making of the VFX, but uh, whatever little I could gather, 
it was that it was not possible to get uh, human devil in an island with a cave like that so that had to be recreated uh, the sea beach was there the hills were there but then the skull cave had to be animated on that and uh, the horse i mean the island that we're talking about is nearly to take a horse to that island i mean right. it's very difficult to take the horse on the boat and so the waves are quite tumultuous there so the horse might be Yeah. Scared, he might just want to jump off. So that would have been a huge problem for us. Uh, and uh, you don't find quite good wolves in India. There are Indian, <laughs> Indian wolves are smaller in size and they resemble foxes more. And devil is a, is a pretty well big one. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Now this the skull the inside of the skull cave towards the end was that taken from the Billy Zane movie or? Did you do that as well? We had we built a set for that. Oh wow! It we was it was very professionally done. Like I, I you know, like I, I really enjoyed it. Like you, you nailed the, the elements. Set for that, of course, there were digital enhan- uh, enhancements to that. Uh, we yeah. elements were added on that uh, with uh, computer graphics. Uh, but then the set was constructed. It was not a very big set. It was a Budget set, small, not very, not, not very, not very small. Maybe you know, twelve, uh, twelve feet uh, across the floor. That was the size of the set. But yeah, it was uh, the walls, the cave walls were recreated. It was made. It's um, yeah. it's it's an amazing amount of effort for what was you know, thirty seconds, forty-five seconds towards right at the end of the film. Uh, no, we wanted actually initially we had planned uh, to have uh, more scenes inside the skull cave, uh, but then uh, since the length of the film was going way too much, I mean for a short film even 35 minutes is a long time, mm. and uh, we weren't sure how much how much people would like that. I mean they just might not like it in the midway and they might shut it down. But then luckily that didn't happen and uh, people continued watching it till the end. Yeah. So, and people were like, uh, we got to see Phantom in costume really less. I mean, he could have have a little more time given to Phantom. But then it's more about the origin story. It's more about the characters. Yeah, yeah exactly less right. Exactly. Yeah. And so you can always go for the sequel. So, so I know um, with our with our YouTube videos that we put up, and and we might do a review of a statue or. Um, Flick through a comic or whatever. Um, it can be very tempting to just jump on the YouTube analytics and and see how long people are watching it for and where they're coming from and that sort of thing. Do you have access to? Do Do you know? You know where are people watching this? Is it mostly being watched by um, Indian people or is it being watched yeah, a lot in Australia? Uh, there's a uh, the channel that uh, sadly YouTube views are not. I mean there are around about four thousand people have watched it in YouTube. But in Facebook and uh, but in Facebook it's crossed around thirty-five uh, thousand. Oh well. So, uh, Facebook views are more, and we haven't boosted that for, for quite some time. So maybe if we boost it a little more, it'll forty-five thousand. Yeah, total. Uh, I'll tell you something. The total views of it in terms of uh, we have a local sharing platform in Bengal where we share it in mobile. So uh, the total number of views would be somewhere around fifty, sixty thousand now. Oh, as yeah. of as yeah as of today. And the demographics in YouTube—it's mostly India, Australia, and Norway. These are the three countries: India mostly, then Australia, then Norway. Right. Well, that, that's um, I'm, I'm sat back in my seat a little bit because um, I thought 4,000 was impressive, but uh, you're, you're saying 60. That's um, yeah, you must be pleased. Yeah, we are. I mean, uh, uh, 
we didn't expect to even cross 10,000, but then it's gone to 60 now, and hopefully it'll garner a little more uh, in the future. As actually, I'll tell you why. There's a problem with this. I mean, people don't search Phantom on YouTube as much because no. they know there is no content on the Phantom. There's nothing being made on the Phantom. If you search something on Spider-Man, you'll find loads of things on Spider-Man to, I mean, to have uh, to have a visual experience. But then, uh, if you look at look at it from that angle, nothing on the Phantom has been made. I mean, no no substantial uh, no substantial visual uh, video element has been made on the Phantom. I mean, yeah, there has been a, a cartoon uh, cartoon program, Phantom 2014, maybe Defenders of the Earth, but none of them is quite uh, well available in YouTube. And it, uh, I mean, the popular popularity of those two series is uh, nothing compared to the present day uh, the present day superheroes that we have the marvel and the dc characters mm. first yeah. secondly uh, the biggest blow in terms of phantom popularity came when the film came out of billy i mean that was not a hit of course i felt that was a fantastic adaptation that was a very faithful adaptation everything in that film was straight out of the comic books uh, except the guran that is like the guran <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, your ground was better. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I mean, uh, they had, I mean, I think uh, there the uh, Bengala was in Asia, I believe, because all the characters there were Asians. But uh, if, you, if, you, if you, because we had constraints in, so, in terms of showing an African Bengala, they did not. They could have easily put it in Africa. I mean, they could have easily been faithful to the comic books even more. Yeah. So I felt I felt I felt that was a wonderful film. That was a that was a full on summer entertainment. But then somehow that film did not click, and that was where our beloved hero lost international popularity. Everybody sort of forgot the character that exists. Or Phantom, the first superhero. I mean, he's the first comic book we have. Uh, Mandrake came first, then came Phantom, but then Mandrake cannot quite be called as a costume superhero technically. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if Hollywood ever does decide to go again and, and do a remake, I'd love to get you over there as the director or the creative consultant at least because the passion you show for the character and uh, you know the, the, the way that you really respect the law um, is something that I'd love to see translated on the, on the very big screen. Thank you so very much. I mean, that's such, that's such a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. So, really, hmm. yeah, so I really appreciate your time. Um, with... With uh, like licensing, so like this is a fan film, you know. There's no licensing involved or anything like that. Have have you heard from King Features or, or anything like that, or is it just the fans that? Nobody, 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 nobody has uh, come up with any kind of objection, and nobody has come up with any kind of negative statement. Nobody has come up with any copyright violation laws and stuff. Ajun bola chilo specially che phantom er to orokom bulletproof jacket chilo na. Nobody has come up with anything that might land us in legal trouble. Because honestly, I mean, we we uh, we did not uh, we did not make it with the intention of earning any money. And frankly, even the film, the YouTube copy of it is not even monetized, so we're not even making any money out of the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, and, and no one could doubt your. Um, as I said, you know, there's, there's a tribute to Lee Fork right at the very top of the film, and um, you know, you go into great detail. I, I really enjoyed the the opening of the film where you go into detail about the, um, the you know, the characters' input into Bengalan culture and Indian culture as well. Um, I was going to ask you about that actually. The you you stated in there that lots of um, lots of kids were being named after the yeah. Phantom. 
Um, yeah. I, what was uh, I've, I haven't got my book here, but there was Abba. Um, what was the name that you highlighted? Oronodeb. And and what does that translate? It means the Lord of the Forest. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, we have people called Oronodeb in India. I mean, uh, in Bengal especially. I mean, I'll tell you something. Uh, when Phantom was actually uh, when Phantom. Uh, got started being translated in bengali that was uh, in the uh, in the early 70s i believe 71 72 maybe when indrajab comics started uh, coming up that was when our parents was of the age of like around 5 6 7 uh, that was the age when uh, those people when they've grown up they've had kids and uh, they have they have begun naming their male children after after this character hmm. so i mean there there's a there's a shot in the film where you see We scroll down a Facebook. We we Google that. We uh, search that name, uh, Arunno Dev, and uh, uh, we scroll down. There are so many people called Arunno Dev. I mean, <laughs> you, don't, you don't name somebody Spider Man. You don't know name somebody. Yeah, of course, you can name somebody Peter Parker. <laughs> Talking about that, and naming somebody after the the hero's name, that's yeah. something. That's madness. I mean, that happens here. And they are all Bengali sounding. Yeah, and they all have surnames. I mean, that's that's Bengali. I'll tell you something like. Oronodev Chatterjee. Yeah, Oronodev Chatterjee, Oronodev Roy, Oronodev Mitra. These are these are Bengali surnames with the name Oronodev. Hmm. Yeah, I managed to um, talk my wife into uh, if we had a boy to call it uh, Kit, and um, it never never quite happened. I got two girls instead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was close. Well, speaking of children, actually, when I sat down and watched it this afternoon, um, my eight-year-old was walking past, and he um, he stopped and watched the. He, oh, he probably only came five minutes in, and he was really blown away by it too. And and he couldn't read a lot of the subtitles, obviously, although they would move too quick for him because he's only eight. But um, afterwards, I said, "What was your favourite scene, or what, what was your favourite bit?" And he really loved the um, the the scene where Christopher reached in and grabbed the skull out from under the sand and held mm-hmm. that up, and that that really dramatic moment, and then the swearing of the oath. So that really struck a, a chord with him. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the best the the best compliments are the most honest compliments that we can get are from kids. I mean, they they are they're very honest. They they have a they have a blank mind. And whatever yes. they say, they say. from the heart. So it's, yeah. from a kid means a lot to us. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Do, do you have any plans, or is there any um, plans to, to actually dub it into English? I'm, I'm not sure whether I'd like that or not, but just to, just to ask the question. Yeah, we were actually planning to dub it in English as well as uh, Spanish. These are the two languages we, we, we were uh, looking forward to. Uh, but then uh, we need a, English of course I can. Uh, we have uh, somebody working on the spanish script as well that will take us some time uh, so we have thought of making uh, i mean uh, dubbing the films in uh, dubbing the film in english as well as spanish i'm not sure how good that will sound but then no, i'm not sure that i'd enjoy i i i have no problem with uh, reading the subtitles and i think i i enjoyed the uh, the authenticity of that i suppose right yeah i have to grow up that one Although, yeah, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, Dan, you got any other questions? 
Oh, I've, my son did ask me to ask you how long it took to, to film, so um, I've already asked that one. Um, I guess, no, I, yeah, I, I, just, to, I, just to encourage you to do a sequel, I think we'd all love to see yeah. it. <laughs> we'd love a sequel as well. I think for the sequel, uh, the, biggest, the biggest change that we'll, we'll uh, bring forward is the costume. I mean, he'll, he'll yeah. quit film if I don't change the costume now. He's threatened me with uh, doing a, I mean, about doing that. He, he's not wearing the padded suit anymore. <laughs> fair enough, and fair enough. Yeah, I, and uh, we, we've thought of uh, trying a new material. Our costume designer, we have to we have to speak to that person. We have to do a little bit of more brainstorming for coming up with a different material that's not as bad as spandex and not as uncomfortable as uh, the, the padded costume that we had this time. Yeah, yeah especially when you're filming in 47 degrees. He's he's taking horse riding lessons now because <laughs> yeah there's no cheating this time he he just there was a mere race and the the horse was barely uh, cantering in that this time it has to gallop this time it has to be hero this time it has to be the white stallion there's sure. no sure. there's yeah. no escaping first phantom has to ride horse speaking of the, yeah oh, sorry speaking of the costume design do you um like that moment where the, the mask's eyes um, glow is really striking and the, and the belt, um, you know, the, the LED or the digital element of the belt is pretty cool. And I gather that the uh, the skull ring, uh, you could heat that up through the glove is the, is the idea with that. Um, what, how, how, how much time did you spend, I guess, on, on those elements of the, of the costume? How far through are they thought? I'll tell you something. Uh, I the, the first criteria of the costume, the first creative input that I had and which he disliked was <laughs> I did not want the eyes to be shown. I mean, the, the primary, I, I'm, I'm a loyalist. I'm an old timer. I believe uh, the sanctity of the phantom lies in the fact that people does not see his eyes. The moment you get to see the eyes of the phantom, he doesn't remain phantom anymore. Uh, people who see the phantom's face die is the most gruesome death. So that's the jungle saying. So you do not get to see his eyes. Even in the Billy Zen film, I was very disappointed. I mean, yeah, he wears a mask, but then why not cover the eyes? I mean, come on, Spider-Man doesn't show his eyes, so why not the Phantom? So I was like, yeah, we have to make something. We have to come up with a material. We have to come up with anything that doesn't show the eyes. I mean, even if he's wearing a mask, the eyes should not be visible. This was one. Uh, and uh, the glowing belt concept and the glowing eyes concept came from... Uh, Came, uh, came from our costume designer, Mr. Ghosh, with Tunjoy Ghosh. He was the one who said, uh, why not make it a little more exciting since you are actually going for an armor, since you are actually going for a high-tech suit. He'll try to make it a little more exciting because he's out there. I mean, we need to show the night vision somehow because he's in the forest. Mm-hmm. He's carrying a flashlight. Right? Of course, he's human. He needs to see at night. So we'll give a night vision to the glasses and when he switch, switches on the night vision, why not make it glow? Yeah, uh, yeah. That will make uh, the costume look a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. That will be a little intimidating for, uh, the, for, the, for, the, for the adversaries. And yeah. uh, the belt can be, uh, can be a flashlight as well as you can have that glowing the skull logo. That will look good. So we came up with that. And that sort of uh, was a rage to the people. I mean, with the people. The people liked it a lot. I mean, most... Most people did not quite uh, like the modernization. They wanted a uh, they wanted a, a very classical costume, the original costume. But then everybody said, if you if you make a sequel, uh, keep that the, the glowing belt and the glowing eyes. They are perfect. Don't change yeah. them. Yeah. No, they were good. And and I think that whole sequence um, 
really showed, I think, how the Phantom can terrorise a bad guy. You know, Phantom rough on roughnecks, you, you don't have to be gently laying them down to sleep or whatever. He really scared those guys around the campfire. So, again, you know, um, showing the, the really effectively the mood of the character, I think. Yeah, I mean, he is otherwise a very really docile guy. But then uh, I have seen him. Uh, I have seen him getting into uh, squabbles when he was young, young, and he wasn't completely full time into acting. Of course, after he became an actor, then he he couldn't afford to get into squabbles. But then otherwise, he's a very intimidating guy. He's quite brawny now. He was a weakling before we started his career. <laughs> <laughs> he's intimidating to people. But then, uh, yeah, I mean. Once you're in the costume, even the most docile of persons looks intimidating and looks... Yes, yes. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much, guys, for your time tonight. Really appreciate being able to, to pick your brain and find out a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of, um, of the making of Choloman. Um, as, as you can tell, we really enjoyed it, um, but I think I'm, yes. I'm going to watch it and, and enjoy it even more again now. Just hearing the passion yeah. in your voice about the character and the lore and, and everything behind it. So, um, yeah. Thank you so very much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Prakar. Thank you, uh, Dan. Uh, for both of you. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for your time tonight. It was uh, a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that, everybody. Um, that's this is going to be one of my favourite podcasts, I think, when we when we get to go back and watch this on YouTube and put it all together. Um, really enjoyed doing the fan commentary, and then really enjoyed being able to talk to the creative team behind it as well. Um, yeah, you enjoyed the interview, Jermaine, as someone who took part in it. Yeah, it was the thing. The things, two things I got out of it was the love for the character. Like, Abir loved the character, and you could see it, like, you know, he was he was going, and he was, you know, he went on so many, he went on probably more tangents than what we do. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and, then, like, when he, yeah. and then when he, like, pulled out the comics to show us and stuff yeah, well, like that. That's exactly right. We, we say, oh, are there comic books there? Yes, on the shelf behind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, you know, grabbed them out and showed us, and then even, um, uh, you know, Cholerman, you could see that while he kind of fell out of love with the character, you can tell that his love had grown mm. as he'd done it, and so much so that he wants to do a sequel. Yeah. You know, he wants to do the next Phantom movie and stuff like that. So it's yeah. like, you know, it, and, you know, he probably, you know, it's probably not getting a bucket load of money for it. No. But, um, you know, he, he's developing a love for the character as well, like how Billy Zane did. You can tell that Billy Zane enjoyed the character and enjoyed the role, as you can see that he likes the role as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be holding my breath for a sequel, but um, gee, I, <laughs> I, I hope that the, it um, comes about at some stage. I reckon we will see a sequel. I really do. Mm. Um, it might Steve, not be for about another year, but I reckon yeah. I would not be surprised if we see a sequel. Maybe, um, maybe we've given him the little bump of... Um, of joy that he needs to go back to the well so yes. Steve you'd like to see a sequel I assume yeah I reckon I'll come out before the third Hermes um, comic <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was good 
All right. So we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up the podcast. Um, any any last thoughts, uh, Steve? What did you think of our interview with uh, with the creative team? Well, it's just amazing what you can find in someone's backyard and what you can do with a laundry. It's just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly right. All right, so we'll wrap it up. Thanks again, everybody. Um, as I said, really enjoyed this one and the opportunity to to put hopefully what is going to be a really cool little YouTube, uh, quite, quite long YouTube clip together. And again, that comes back to the Patreons, the people who have supported us there. I hope you are enjoying uh, the little goodies that you're finding in the P3 section of the website. Um, uh, those people who are supporting us there. Um, as always, that website is chroniclechamber.com where you can go for all the latest and greatest phantom news. We try and keep that as up-to-date as we possibly can. Get along to the Reddit message board and uh, give us your ideas about uh, what we should be discussing. Email us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com uh, for all complaints and compliments, preferably more compliments than complaints, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Um, Don't give them the option, just compliments. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Social media, Facebook at Chronicle Chamber, Phantom Fan Page or the Phantom Collector Group, uh, Twitter at Chronicle Tweets, Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Those are going to get more and more updated news, I'm sure. But look, the best way to make sure that you know what we're doing and can listen to all of the podcasts is to subscribe on iTunes Um or whatever your preferred podcast provider is. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking Phantom and talking Choloman. Um, this is the official Choloman podcast, and um, <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed the, the chat tonight with you guys. Likewise. Likewise, mate. So, everyone, happy Choloming. <laughs> <laughs> happy Cholomaning. Happy Choloming. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you.